Hello beautiful people, thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first time listener or long time listener, as I stay, it is so so appreciated and thank you for your constant support. Another week, another episode of The Last of Us, which means another bonus blogs episode of course, as we review each episode weekly on this podcast. In episode 7 title Left Behind, I thought it was really great yet again, I just can't help but love this show even more. Like, it is so, so good. This episode, as many know, is the DLC for the first game, downloadable content for the first game. And I do like that they've introduced and included this side of Ellie's story now and not held off for, like, season two or anything like that. It did seem like the perfect time to just go over what happened with her and just have a kind of, just a a stopping point just from what's going on and the intensity of surrounding is Joel going to survive this 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 wound, obviously Ellie trying to attend to him. There was a lot going off there and it was a great breakaway, I felt, for us to just see the backstory of Ellie. And it really was, this episode overall, was a fantastic backstory to Ellie, in particular, you know, how she got her bite and how she ended up with the Fireflies before being buddied with Joel in the first instance. And we learn more about her past and her relationship and, again, more into the knowledge of Ellie exclaiming last week that everybody she's ever cared about has either died or left her. And this is, again, another one of those really emotional gut punches that the show likes to throw at us isn't it let's be honest but before we dive into the episode as usual we have to or rather i have to mention the socials just for routine's sake this podcast is available on apple spotify and google podcasts everywhere that you get your podcasts fixed from it should be there give us a search hit the notification button follow button whatever it is Keep up to date with the podcast. Leave us a review as well. That would be wonderful. Finally, jump onto these socials, that being Facebook and Instagram. Give us a like and a follow on there, and you can keep up with the podcast as a whole and also see some lovely steelbooks, so why not, eh? But here we go, episode 7, titled Left Behind. This one was directed by Liza Johnson and written by Neil Druckmann, the creator of the game. So again, nice to see his fingerprints, which have kind of been nurturing and all over this TV adaptation, which is probably why it's absolutely remarkable. But first things first, we had a wonderful performance last week from Pedro Pascal, really showcased, as I mentioned, his acting chops in this episode... Bella Ramsey is exceptional. They've done wonders with the character, and I've been full of praise of them throughout the entire show, as I've mentioned and and repeated on this podcast. But I really thought that they delivered on all fronts within this particular episode. Ramsey manages to capture the wide-eyed, awe-inspired Ellie when they see things that they haven't ever come across before, mainly in the mall sequence, which I will discuss more in a few minutes, because... Wow. But there is also that sense of vulnerability as well within Ellie in this episode. It's a real coming of age at times with Ellie understanding just who she is and the people or person that she cares for the most, you know? I really enjoyed as well that we got to see the inside of like Fedra and see how everything works. But Ellie is essentially just living her days within Fedra, not really aiming high or taking things way too seriously, which comes to the forefront when she has that chit-chat with the Fedra officer about how Ellie is so smart, yet stupid and needs to choose a path for herself. But just on a quick side note, I did quite like the shift in seeing Fedra as like the good guys, to air quote, because we followed the narrative all the way through that Fedra are really bad and that they are like suppressing many within the QZs, but Terry Chen's Captain Wong manages to capture the flip side of that, I felt, that if Fedra fell, he obviously exclaims that if, if Fedra fell, the people here would kill each other or starve, something that we've already seen, you know, in the last couple of episodes with Kansas City, we know that would happen. So I did like 
that shift with it. I'm not saying, obviously, I side with Fedra at all or anything like that, but I just like that we just got a bit more of an insight of, of their views or in terms of the people that work there, maybe in the higher ranks, just how they feel that this is the right thing. Because the thing with Ellie in this as well that I really loved about the character is that this is something that is brought up with her back and forth in with Riley, because once Riley explains that she's now joined the Fireflies, it was just really cool to see Ellie like use all the knowledge and information, obviously either you know, taking the make of the sarcastic tone, but, you know, in seriousness, the the knowledge of what she knows about both Fedra and the Fireflies, like, she's pretty much, like, in the middle of the two parties, and ultimately, she doesn't want Riley to go, and it looks like, well, Riley does agree at the end to stay, um, but, like, it was just nice to kind of see Ellie in the middle of it all, but, yeah, as I mentioned, Elliot overall, Bella Ramsey's character is just wonderful, like, really wonderful, and there's going to be plenty more to talk about in this ep particular, but more in the series as well, about Bella Ramsey and about Ellie. But seeing as we've just mentioned Riley, I thought Storm Reed as well was a great, just really great character, really great as the character, I should say. And we only have a limited time with the character, you know, being this one episode. Um, and I just felt that Storm Reed really presented and showcased everything we needed as the audience to really understand and feel for this character. Riley wants a better life, and they feel that the only way for that is to overthrow Fedra and become part of the Fireflies. As well as the fact that she does care deeply for Ellie, we don't see the whole friendship or relationship, but in, in the 40 minutes episode that is left behind, we certainly explore that side of them and gain enough knowledge that these two characters are very close and they have love for one another. Nothing shows true care or connection than wanting to spend time with one another, you know? Like, whether you're sneaking around as these characters do or whatever it's riley shows ellie more of the world you know physically and metaphorically neil Drummond and craig mason go and say as well in the podcast we thought was a wonderful point that the world for these two kids ended in 2003 and so like the acceptance of lgbtq plus it's not there in the world as they've not had the major movements in this world anyways within the show it's not there because these movements haven't happened they're still understanding who they are in this world the world doesn't really let these kind of moments happen because it's a scary place and you could die at any point if you're not careful. But both Ellie and Riley are discovering themselves together. There's more than just a friendship there. And so it's horrible that once they have their moment where they share their first kiss, it's not long before they have their like all their hope and dreams and love taken away from them. Like when they're, when they're both bitten by the infected person in the mall. It's a shattering moment, you know? I did feel that the mall, though, as a sequence, just... just unbelievable like it was really excellent like the set and production design was really really top notch i only discovered just before recording this podcast that the reveal shot of where ellie is looking out over the mall as the lights begin to turn on that was all visual effects like holy moly like you couldn't tell you know what i mean like i thought it looked so so good and it's very easy to see why critics are all praising the color and lighting for this episode because there's just so much of it it's beautiful it's the closest thing that these characters as well have have had of the previous world and how society lived before the outbreak. This is this is essentially being like in the chocolate factory for Ellie. And I love how Riley was going around showing different wonders such as Halloween shop, arcades, photo booths, even such basic things as that the escalator and that whole sequence, which again a wonderful performance from Bella Ramsey. To showcase someone really in awe and having so much joy of what they're witnessing was really, really great. Um, and I'm not sure if anyone else felt this during the whole mall sequence, but seeing as we know this episode would reveal the bite and what happened with everything la-di-da, I was enjoying seeing these characters, you know, have a lovely time, have a wonderful time. The carousel sequence, just absolutely beautiful. But at the same time, I was nervous for like maybe a jump scare or an attack out of nowhere, like constantly on my guard. But I, I didn't mind it. It's just every time 
that we were tracking the characters side on as they walked down the mall. I was anxiously waiting to see like an infected figure of sorts just appear in frame. Obviously, nothing like that did happen, but I still had that sense of uneasiness that the show has instilled into me, given that every week or every time something happy or positive is occurring, it's instantly ripped from us. It is excellent storytelling that doesn't lean into pandering, but Jesus Christ, I was all the way through those sequences, I was like, it's going to come, it's going to come. But instead of like a shock or a jump scare, we have this ominous feel as the camera tracks away from Ellie and Riley having a whale of a time playing Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcade, and we continue out of the arcade as the sound begins to fall silent, the further we go down the mall and then into that Halloween shot where it's revealed an infected is settled but woken by the noise, adding the terror and suspense for these characters who are not aware that this infected person is there. It's a case of when, not if, for us as the audience that know that soon Ellie's and Riley's world is about to change forever. I thought this too was a neat approach. We know that Ellie is to be bitten. It's not like, like Sam and Henry or Bill and Frank where we aren't quite sure unless you played the game just what their outcome will be. I also felt that that approach was such a great contrast of this, you know, having the sound of Ellie and Riley playing and laughing and just having some fun. But that thing is what awakens this horror and nightmare that follows again. Top, top writing. The actual attack itself, it's played out really, really well, I felt, on the back of them dancing on top of the, to the cabinet or wherever it is that they're on, the till, should we say. Really great to see them, just again, just having a great time together. It was wonderful. I wanted to shake a boogie with them. It was wonderful, wonderful sequence. But it comes, obviously, the attack comes after Riley agrees to stay with Ellie rather than go to the Fireflies in a new location, which is revealed earlier in the episode. You know, And then they share their kiss. It's a real big moment for the two of them that's instantly shattered, obviously, with this attack and... Their whole world, as I've mentioned already, has completely changed forever. They've just had a real personal moment. And that, no doubt since the infection happened and since the outbreak happened, I should say, this is the best day of their lives. And it's now for Ellie, who survives this, obviously. It's completely tarnished looking back because she knows that's the day that she lost someone so, so important and so close to her. At the time, she doesn't realise she's immune, obviously. So in that moment, it's like they both realise and feel that what they have together is limited. It is limited, obviously. It's just that... It could, have, it could have been more tragic, per se, had they both ended up passing. But for them, for that moment, obviously, they do think that's what's going to happen. Obviously, Ellie doesn't realise she's immune, but they have limited time together. And they didn't have the choice for this to end as well. You know, unlike in episode three with Bill and Frank, it's, it's just a real poignant ending for the characters, I felt. In that moment, obviously, that this relationship was no longer going to to grow you know it's just going to end so abruptly it was really as i say that, that gut punch that the show likes to bring us it's a very sad one but it's again it shapes ellie for who she is now but i am just quickly i'm just going back to that i'm curious if it was a obviously creative decision and such about not including showing ellie actually put have put riley down i'm not saying the episode needed it at all or anything like that but i'm curious whether in the long run whether this will flash up again whether we'll get another flashback and we'll see that moment that what more than likely would be one of the first times Ellie will have killed someone. And and the worst thing of that is it's killing someone that, again, is so important to you, someone that you love. It's horrible. I say it's just a, a really horrible ending for that relationship. But as I stated, I thought the performances from both of them were absolutely wonderful. They had textbook chemistry. Again, we'll talk a little bit more to wrap up about them too, but I thought they were really, really excellent. But this whole episode is on the back of what we what we were left at at the end of the last episode with Joel's injury. You know, the, the Ellie is stood at the exit of this barn or wherever that she's dragged Joel in. I love the tracking shots of that scene, all the snow and just the, the patches of blood, obviously, from Joel being dragged to this, to this safe place for now anyways. But Ellie is ready to go back to find Tommy after Joel has sustained this injury. 
he is literally, literally pushed her and told her to go north and head back, but she stays with him to save him, to help him, like she did with Riley in their final moments. I like that even on the back of everything that was discussed the last episode from Joel's perspective of not being fit enough to look after her, and then the fallout with Ellie, that he still tries pushing her away and that she's just having none of it. He's that He has that single tear that rolls down his cheek. Um, it's almost like when that happens, it's like Joel in his own mind is like, I'm, he's proving himself right, that he is weak and that he's too old and haggard to be taking care of her. But Ellie not leaving him just symbolises again that bond and connection that Joel and Ellie have together, especially when she starts stitching him up and then they, have, they, they hold their hands and... Uh, they like clamp down on each other, they both hold each other. It was so like, again, you're showing that deep-rooted connection, which is exactly, you know, what, what Ellie had with, not exactly, but, you know, the same kind of love and, and, and connection that she had with Riley, but this is a, a parental relationship. It's so, so good. It was so, so touching, that last moment, so when they just, Ellie's just trying to sort him out, stitch him up, and it just obviously cuts to black and we finish, and we have to wait for the next episode. But overall, this is another great episode within the season. It wasn't like, it's not my top favourite of the bunch that we've had, but it had, we've had so much to choose from, let's be honest, but I really did love the relationship, as I say, in chemistry between Ellie and Riley. They were so, so great together. And seeing them discover themselves was beautiful. As I've mentioned pretty much every episode, love is the biggest theme of the show, and this episode showcased that in a number of ways. I'm so excited to see what happens in these next two episodes because I, I feel there's a lot to cover in these next two, so we'll see. And if they do wrap it up nicely, I'll take it. If they, they don't finish the entirety of the first story for the first game and we're going to see more of that in, like, in season two or whatever, I think that's cool as well. Like I'm happy if they want to say drag it out but not like walking dead it you know what i mean like don't pad it out for the sake of it but i'm fine if they want to take the time with this story i, I really really I'm, I'm fine either way but i'm so excited to see what happens in these last two episodes but let me know your thoughts on episode seven were you found did you enjoy it are you enjoying the series as a whole you've got to be surely it's incredible but let me know anyways do jump onto the socials all that jazz get in touch as always thank you so much for your support until the next episode take care